ADHD certainly shifts the brain that if you ask for help, it's actually a mark of weakness. weakness. Yeah. So instead of saying, I can't do this, I need help. It's coming to the table and saying, this isn't how we want this to happen. Right. 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 Let's all do it different. Yeah. How can we do it differently? How can we design it together rather than I, as mom, clearly can't hold this all together and Therefore, you need to come in and save me because that doesn't feel good. (laughs) Hey there, I'm Ani Michalski, wellness coach, therapist, and mom to half a dozen amazing kiddos. This podcast is for moms who desperately need a break but refuse to take one. You know who you are. You have a jam-packed schedule and you're so busy doing everything for everyone else, you don't leave any time for you. What's up with that? Well, no more. Take off your superwoman cape and learn how to put yourself on your to-do list. This is the Moms Without Capes podcast. And I have with me Tara O'Brien. Welcome. Thank you. Tara is my first guest. So if you are going back and listening to these uh, these episodes, know that Tara will always hold a special place in my heart, (laughs) given that she is my my very first podcast guest. So Tara O'Brien provides real solutions for maxed out moms raising kids with ADHD. She focuses on helping helping moms shift their paradigm by taking control of the only thing they can, their own mindset. Audiences love her practical strategies that can apply personally and professionally to see transformation quickly. Tara holds degrees in economics and finance, environmental studies, two master's degrees in education, and is a trained leadership development facilitator. As a teacher, educational thought leader, and school administrator for almost 20 years, she helped thousands of students, teachers, and families get out of the Groundhog Day feel of their lives to find confidence and joy in their lives. When not speaking or coaching, Tara can be found creating delicious gluten and dairy-free vegetarian meals for her family, snuggling with her dog, Maddie, or taking off her personal quest to visit every national park in the country. So welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So when you first, um, when, when we first connected, I know you had mentioned that you are every, all about I was asking you what start what topics <laughs> that you know that you specialize in and you said basically anything ADHD mm-hmm. and um, I know you mostly deal with moms when or work with moms when their child is is diagnosed with ADHD yeah but then I had approached you about do, do you ever work with moms who have ADHD because <laughs> I have I've had some, not, not a lot, but some clients in the past, especially through my counseling practice that have struggled with ADHD. And it was, it was new to me. I had only known kids to Mm -hmm. have it. My brother was diagnosed with ADHD and was on Ritalin when he was young. And so I actually, I I purchased some books on women with ADHD Mm -hmm. just to learn. And I know that more and more women are getting officially diagnosed with ADHD, mm-hmm. but even if they aren't officially diagnosed, they struggle with some of the criteria or some of the symptoms yeah. of ADHD. Yeah. And the main, one of the main things that I focus on is like self-care and learning how to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And so I invited you on to share with us 
more about how to take care of ourselves, especially if we are struggling with a diagnosis or symptoms of ADHD. So yeah, before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about ADHD and, and how you see that manifest in, if, if you've seen it manifest in moms and how that shows up. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll start with girls. Girls as children, right, are often less diagnosed than boys. And mostly it's because of the way ADHD often manifests in the girl profile. And this is very general and it doesn't apply to every girl that's out there. But usually they get missed in their childhood diagnoses because the ADHD shows up as the inattentive subtype. So it's not the hyperactive, like falling out of their chair or, you know, running through the house, jumping off couches. What we imagine. What we imagine. What we think of what we think of ADHD. ADHD, yes. right? <laughs> and that's part of even the evolution of the diagnosis. You know, we used to have ADD and mm-hmm. ADHD and the DSM-5 merged them all into one ADHD sort of large topic. And then there's the three sub types mm-hmm. underneath. So often girls get diagnosed with ADHD I, which is the inattentive. And for many that can go undiagnosed in school because what it looks like is maybe they are um, a little daydreamy, they're quiet. So we just think they're introverts. Uh, They miss a few details or they miss a few assignments, but they're really um, genuine. And they're like, oh, I'll make that up. Right. So we just think, oh, that's okay. Right. Like they're these sweet girls that are just a little you know, out there. Right. So then what happens is we, we turn into adults. We go from, you know, young girls into adults and we have a few coping strategies, but we don't necessarily learn what's going on in our brain or what the real strategies are for being an adult living with ADHD, especially the ADHD inattentive. So many women get diagnosed when they are adults because the societal pressures of adulthood and the stacking of responsibilities starts to break down those coping systems that they had when they were younger and in school. So all of a sudden you are a mom, right? Which by itself has a massive emotional (laughs) burden, a massive executive functioning Mm -hmm. demand, right? And if you're working outside of the home, you now have layered on a job demand on top of it. And once your children get into school, you now have all of the school stuff that you're trying to manage on top of it. So you went from having like just yourself to manage to these like three, four, five, six layers of things to manage. And that's where we feel the the wheels come off the bus and we're like, what is going on? And so we get diagnosed in adulthood. That makes so much sense. Yeah. That makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's one of those pieces that as an adult, you start to think, um, you know, what's going on with me, right? (laughs) I used to be so capable. Maybe I can't do this. I'm a bad mom. I can't hold a job. I'm failing everyone, right? Like the self-talk comes in and like full force in stereo, super loud, that you're not confident. And it's not the case at all. It's just that you're working in a different paradigm, right? Mm -hmm. Your Mm -hmm. brain is wired in a different way than what a neurotypical environment is demanding of you. 
Yes. And, you know, I talk a lot about that inner mean girl and how she can cripple us to inactivity, like keep us from living to our greatest potential. And I imagine if you are experiencing ADHD, if you, you know, whether or not you're officially diagnosed, you, that mean girl is even louder because you're not living up to society's expectations or you're not living up to your own expectations of what it means to be a capable mom, you know, because it's overwhelming as it is. Right. Which is already intense, right? Because if you're not doing all of these things that we're told to do as moms, I mean, I know that's a big piece of your work is like, this motherhood label we get is yeah. almost impossible. The super mom. To carry the, the mom. Self, right? The super mom. And it is really, you know, we think that we need to do all of these things and, and do everything and be everyone to every, be everything to everyone. And we can't, like, that's not, that's not even possible. And yet we are constantly being reinforced, telling ourselves like, we're not enough. We're not measuring right. up. And that's going to keep us from living to our So if you're thinking at that point, right, like I have to keep a beautiful, clean home and I need to have a, you know, an Instagram worthy birthday party for my child. And why am I not (laughs) decorating the cupcakes in the cutest, whatever theme or or whatever. (laughs) And you're sitting here thinking, I can't even get my kid to school. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I can't seem to have the right groceries in the house to just pack a lunch. Right. Right. The Delta there starts to feel really, really big, that gap. Right. And it feels like this chasm that just can't be crossed. And that not only that self-talk comes in, but that's where the anxiety starts to kick in and the depression and And the emotional dysregulation. Cause then you start yelling at everything. Cause you're just in a constant state of internal unrest, internal internal unrest. unrest. That's beautiful. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say primal panic, right? Like yeah. disconnected from your prefrontal cortex. Right. And, and as you said, it could lead to all kinds of problems happening yeah. that could have been prevented or at least minimized. Is that the word? Minimized, lessened. If yeah. you did what? Like what, what do you feel in, what have you found in your field that has been helpful to moms who may be experiencing ADHD symptoms? Absolutely. So the big three things when you're working with ADHD is awareness, having a vision, and then having tools or empowerment. And what ends up happening is we move to tools really quickly. We're like, oh, I need a planner. Oh, I need a whiteboard. Yes. Oh, I need a personal assistant. Plus we're sold that, you know, right? sold that from everything. Like, yeah. bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Right. So we move to tools really quickly. And what we miss is this awareness envisioning piece. And that's where the real work actually comes into play that makes sure you're selecting the right tools. So the awareness component is like, how well do you really know yourself, Mm. right? How, like, can you list your strengths? Cause we all have them. And that's really hard as moms, we tend to lose ourselves and we don't know, we downplay our own strengths and we forget. Yeah. who we are when who we, we are. become a mom. So that awareness piece is huge. Huge. So really working on your mindset, really working on understanding your own behavior as communication, recognizing that like you will feel before you think. So reconnecting back into the body of like, why is my heart racing? 
Like, why am I warm? Okay. Right. I'm being triggered. Yeah. There's something going on here that then is going to cause me to react. And I would rather Mm -hmm. respond than just react. Okay. Right. So slowing down and, and, and it, at first it's slowing down and that's hard for a mind that's moving yes. really fast, but that's that awareness piece of tracking patterns, tracking your emotional state and understanding the chatter that's going on in your mind to be able to quiet. I was going to say, shut up. I don't know if that's appropriate, but like <laughs> zip the lips of that mean girl that's in your head, mm. right? That's telling you, you can't do it. And all of that takes work. Right. But that level of awareness then allows you to go into the visioning aspect of your life. So like, what do you want your day to look like? Right. Like your ideal day. Yeah. How are you going to design those moments? And they are more proactive, proactive. way more proactive and we're in charge, right? Like, yes, we might have partners and kids and they're all part of it. Right. But Mm -hmm. in that moment, like what do I really want it to look like? So I'm not just like, oh, waking up in the morning and my feet hit the ground and it's like automatic. I, you know, I turn on the coffee, I wake up the kids. I, you know, it's like, wait right. a minute, how do Building I want more to routines that are intentional? Right. Yeah. And how do I want to show up? Mm-hmm. So what do I need to do before I open the bedroom door or walk out wherever it is? Yes. So that I can show up in a way that I want to before I even interact with anybody else. I love that. Right. <laughs> so if you have your vision and the vision can be really big, what do you want for your life versus mm-hmm. like, what how do you want, you want carpool the morning <laughs> to go? Right. I mean, you right. can get down into like, how do you want the carpool line? Yes. To go. <laughs> right. All of it. Right. Right. And then you put the right tools in place because there's so many tools out there. I mean, so mm-hmm. many tools. There is. And that in itself can become overwhelming. Overwhelming. Able to, you know, try this planner, try this, do this calendar, like all of the different things that we're told that will help us get organized, right? you know, mentally, emotionally, and physically organized. That in itself can be overwhelming. Overwhelming. Like, and you're trying different things and, you know, it's. And the reason you don't know whether or not they work or why they're not working is because you haven't done the first initial part. Right. What is it that I really need? Mm -hmm. Right. And it could be something like, like for me, and I, I don't have ADHD, but like, I don't like waking up in the dark. I Mm -hmm. figured that out. Like I'm really slow, kind of makes me grumpy. So there's no planner out there. This wasn't about like setting an alarm clock earlier. This wasn't about like not hitting the snooze button. This wasn't about putting my clothes next to my bed so that I like would be willing to jump out of bed, right? (laughs) This was actually looking at me like, how can I make the room lighter? Oh, well, I can buy a sunrise clock. Right. And that's something specific to you. To me that it only takes, if you were aware of what you needed, what I needed, what you're going to get at yeah. knowing that that's the right tool for you. Yeah. Why can I get up at five 30 in the morning in April, but right. not in November, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> well, it's because it's dark in November and it's not in, right. in April or May, right? Like, right. It has nothing oh. to do with having your clothes ready. <laughs> no. And so you go through all these things and you're like, well, great. Another thing I tried that didn't work. So you start to convince yourself that nothing, nothing will work. Right. 
Whereas if you take this moment and be like, what is it that I really need? Right. And then this, this translates out into your family, right? So mm-hmm. everybody has effect, this. For sure. Right? Everybody needs awareness. Everybody needs a vision. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs the tools. And when you show up in this space, you then model for your partner, you model for your kids, you model for your friends, like, right. You're your best self. And you have self. That, I talk about the full bucket. You have, you yeah. know, you are, you are your best self. So then you can, the effect ripples out to all of those that are depending on you yeah. and that are around you. Yeah. And it allows you to extend some grace, right. And this idea of self-care, right. So yes, progress, not perfection, right. It allows you to understand that everything is workoutable. That's not a word, but um, <laughs> it's everything is, did you read everything is figureoutable by Marie Forleo? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's, well, maybe that's where I got it from. Cause yeah. I know her, but it is the sense of like, rather than it being about me, it's, oh, I don't have the right system yet. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. It takes that, that self blame away yeah. and, and helps you recognize that there's more to the, more than just the the, the tools that you're using are more than it's just more than one piece to the puzzle more than one piece of the puzzle or if it didn't work one morning I don't have to say like say it didn't work yes, right like the whole all or nothing thinking right like it changes your confirmation bias thinking it's like oh well I went from not getting up any mornings <laughs> of the week yeah, to like yeah, two a work in progress <laughs> maybe I'm on to something right like, <laughs> right right and that's really like it, it is like trial and error like figuring out different things and it sounds like when you are when you bring into the awareness and the vision into the puzzle that it allows you to um it, I can't think of the word that I, I was on I was thinking of something and then I started, <laughs> but when you bring those into the, the puzzle, you take some of that, not, not responsibility, but you take some of the, um, it, you can see the bigger picture. You yeah. Well, it the shifts the responsibility. Picture. It does shifts. That's the word. Yeah. I was looking so rather than feeling like, oh, I can't do this. It's, I am now actually going to be responsible because I can take action on the proactive and I can make decisions. Yes. And I can track progress and, and I can confidence. build my confidence and I can have small mm-hmm. wins and I can be like, oh, this was this piece, but I'm still not where I want to be. So right. what else might I need? Right. right. Like rather than while well, I tried this one thing or see, I'm still a failure or, you know, and, and then you start building your kids into this. Right. So yes. when you, you know, you know, you need to, and I'm, thinking about the morning, perhaps because it's morning for me and like school mornings, I know are a big stress and many, many homes. Right. But those pieces around, like, I don't want weekday mornings to go like this anymore. Yes. Okay. What can I do? What can I do? Yes. And what part is mine? What part can I ask my kids? What part can I ask my partner? How can we design it together? And then you start bringing these people in and saying, you know, I guess it's no fun. I am a wreck by the time (laughs) I drop you off at school or the bus comes, or I have to leave for work. And I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't want to yell at you, right? You can be really authentic when you're talking with your children Mm -hmm. and saying, this doesn't feel good. And I want this to feel good for all of us. So what can we do now? You're bringing them into the fold. It's not solely your responsibility, right? They are getting some agency as well of like, oh yeah, I can help pack my 
chips and you know drag things for my right. lunch it gives them a role you know it helps yeah. them be more responsible mm-hmm. and it also sounds like it gives you a lot of hope Definitely. right because otherwise you're so discouraged like thinking that you're the one that is not acting or not not being what your family needs right and so it gives you hope to to change things, that things can be better. Things can be better. And then it shifts it to, it's not about asking for help. Cause I know as moms, we sometimes have that. Women sometimes have that. Um, ADHD certainly shifts the brain that if you ask for help, it's actually a mark of weakness. weakness. Yeah. So instead of saying, I can't do this, I need help. It's coming to the table and saying, this isn't how we want this to happen. Right. 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 Let's all let it different. Yeah. How can we do it differently? How can <laughs> we design it together rather than I, as mom, clearly can't hold this all together and therefore you need to come in and save me? Because that doesn't feel good. No. <laughs> and that's not what we want. Instead, right. it's gosh, there's three, four, five of us. Yeah. That are all part of this process. How can we make this work? We got to right. make this work together. And here's right. what I need. What do you need? What do you, and everybody puts their cards on the table. What a gift to your family, like being able to like do that and open up because they want to like, you know, teaching them what it means to be a family unit and being able to like, Hey, this is, you know, we're all involved in this morning, right? What can we each do differently to make it run so much more smoother and everybody gets out in a better mood, in a better mood. (laughs) I mean, I know even this morning, my seven-year-old, she bought these little clips when we were in Pennsylvania and she bought them at like a dollar store. And of course they broke. And then she went into this whole thing because it was her first day back to school today. She wanted to wear her new little clip and she went into like hysterics and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what can we do to have like, you know, before I was like filling up everybody's water bottle or anything. And now I'm at this thing, like creating those systems, like you mentioned, Yep. who's in charge of the water bottles so that I'm not the one that's, where's everybody's water, like doing all of these things, like taking some of that burden off and giving them responsibility. And then they leave you feeling like empowered, Mm -hmm. feeling like I played a part in making this morning smoother. Everybody has a win for the day. How amazing is that? Starting it off, starting off. Out the door with the win. Out the door with a win for the day. That's great, right? So what is your favorite way to practice self-care? And when I say self-care, I'm not talking about massages and bubble bath, but truly just taking care of yourself and filling your bucket. What is your favorite or could be a few favorite ways yeah. to practice self-care? I'm so glad you asked that. And I'm so glad you also prefaced with the like, it's not bubble bath because I... Um, I actually really resisted self-care for a long time mm-hmm. and I've done my own work around like the time and money component of it, but it all felt very short-lived. Like I do remember the one time I tried to go get a massage and I was so stressed through the massage because I was like, oh my gosh, this is expensive. And then like, right. you know, I had to pay for the babysitter. By the time I got home, I was like, oh my gosh, it's been two hours and I am no more relaxed. Yes. Then when I left and I'd rather have the hundred and whatever dollars back. Right. right? Like, right. You regretted that. Actually. <laughs> totally you didn't have to make it personal. Like yeah. I can't get massages because I'm too ticklish. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. So like, it doesn't work. So I, every day, my goal is to have a moment. Okay. At least five minutes on mind, body, and soul. Okay. 
So when I talk about mind, this is, I have a journal and I have a very quick practice that I can do either in the morning or before bed, where I write down five things I'm grateful for, five positive personal affirmations. Nice. And like, that's at a minimum, right? Like sometimes I can journal longer. Sometimes the gratitude list goes longer, but like just that practice of, okay, my mindset, right? What am I grateful for? And five ways that I am amazing. I love that. Yes. And then I do have a husband. And one of the things that I have found is I'll actually take one sentence and sort of think about him. And I write it down the night that night. And then I send it to him in a text the next day of something I either appreciate that he did mm-hmm. or just a positive moment I had with him. What a great thing for your relationship. Yeah. And then he gets <laughs> these little, and they're sort of, I mean, they were sort of a surprise that we now do them all the time, mm-hmm. but it's, it also builds that like, Hey, I see you. Cause sometimes as mm-hmm. parents, we get so busy. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I, and here are things that are filling my cup. So it also mm-hmm. communicates to him keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The positive reinforcement. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. So that's my mind. My body is some sort of movement. So whether it's, I go for a walk or even I just get away from my desk and I stretch, Mm -hmm. um, or I list, you know, go online and find a five minute yoga stretching thing, something in my body. And again, I keep it to five minutes because when I got more than that, then all of a sudden it was like, I have to go change my clothes and I'm going to get sweaty and I have to take a shower but for some reason I can do five minutes. Right. And often that will turn into more, but Mm -hmm. five minutes feels really doable. Right. And then for soul, I do something around, um, breath work or meditation or something that really centers you you really centers even walking. And I try not to combine them because that can get really, you're like, well, look at this. I can do it it all in five minutes. minutes, Um, but like walking barefoot outside, like, I'm like, this is really grounding. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will listen to, um, like mantra kind of music, but something that helps me practice some stillness Okay, because that is hard in my day that like, Mm -hmm feels like it wakes up in a sprint and ends in a sprint. Right. Right. But five minutes of what can I do that fills my soul. And I've even had moments where it's like sitting in the car, singing really loud Mm -hmm. to (laughs) eighties cover songs (laughs) is what fills my soul Mm -hmm. in that moment. Right. I love, I love this idea. And I think that you will inspire, like when other moms hear this, that they will be inspired to try that that mind, body, and soul exercise that you just described. I think it's very doable and it's a great place to especially even start Start. if somebody's new to self-care and like turning that attention towards themselves to be able to bring themselves to that, like to the moment and focus on themselves. And you can always do it. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to have a journal. Um, And it's like, no, I'm sitting someplace. I don't have a journal. I can run through five gratitudes in my mind. Sure. Or I can write it on the back of a receipt mm-hmm. or I can type it in my phone. Right. Right. It's just bringing that awareness. It's just the, like, I, this is the practice I need to do mm-hmm. right now. And for moms who are starting this, um, I'll share this one sort of silly thing. I used to buy these beautiful journals because I always had these, and, but the tools, not, <laughs> right? Yeah. My tool. I went and bought a tool. And it, I spent all, you know, the, the paper quality and the mm-hmm. beautiful cover. And then they would sit there empty. Yep. 
or I thought like what I had to put in them had to be like so deep, deep fast. earth shattering. <laughs> right? You need to be inspired to like pour out your soul. Yeah, that like yeah. I needed to be in this like ultimate state, and I was like, no. So when I very first started, I went and bought like during back to school. Mm-hmm. It was like ten cent composition notebooks that we okay. used to all use, right? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was like, okay my handwriting doesn't have to be beautiful. I don't have to have a beautiful pen to write in this gorgeous journal. And it was another place to just like start, you know, you and permission to not, you know, to break those expectations. That yeah. You just got something easy, simple, something that's going to work, something that's going to work yeah. that like I could scratch out and I didn't care about my spelling or, Mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of things. It was amazing how I was putting those roadblocks of like, yeah, you yeah, know, let's spend $50 on this leather bound oh, journal. Oh, that's be inspired to write in. So that's too fancy to even write. It. Too fancy to write the, like, I'm grateful for running water. Like right. didn't feel profound enough. Well, it is, yeah. but it didn't feel at that time. Enough to write in a fancy journal. So then again, and that's not a weirdness piece, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I needed just a place yeah. But I didn't feel intimidated mm-hmm. to write these things down, to write these 10 things down every yeah. night. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> com- back to school sales. I love them. I stock up on my composition. I'm all about stationery. <laughs> I've always been like a stationery. Like, oh my gosh, that's cool sales. Get no, if you're into it, go buy the journal. But like, if that's a block for you, you don't have like... Yeah. You, Again, that's why I said, put it on the back of a receipt you find in your purse. It doesn't matter. Right. It's just about finding the place to start doing it. Right. And to increase. Because it will rewire your brain. Gratitude, we know, rewires your brain. Affirmations rewire your brain. Yes. Right. And they fundamentally shift Mm -hmm. your disposition. Hey, did you know that there's a Facebook group filled with moms without capes? Women who are learning that it's safe to take off the superwoman cape and take care of themselves? There sure is, and we'd love to have you in the group. Moms Without Capes is a free community for moms who feel overwhelmed, stressed out, and exhausted from trying to do it all. Come discover who you are under that cape and give yourself permission to show yourself some love. Search Moms Without Capes when you're in Facebook or follow the link in the show notes of this podcast episode. See you there. Okay, so what book, what self-development book has profoundly changed or like deeply impacted your life? So it was um, Louise Hay, who is not with us anymore, um, but her book, You Can Heal Your Life. Okay. Absolutely blew my mind. Um, She, they have taken her teachings. You can find like recordings of her. They have podcasts now and that Hay House, if you don't want to buy the book, but her book for me was this really candid, like, girl, get your head on <laughs> straight and here's how you do it. And it was um, so honest and so real and then filled with like, um, sh- not strategies in the wrong world, but like lessons. She's like, go do this, right? Mm-hmm. So for somebody like me who started with theory and I'm like, oh, I need to work on mindset. How do I do it? Right. She'd like, go write this down. And then she would say, go write it down a hundred times. And I was like, a hundred times. <laughs> and she's, you know, and I, rem- I remember like talking back to the book when I listened to it. And then she, you know, she's like, well, yeah, 
I was like, oh, well, no wonder it didn't work. I only wrote it down like once, right? Or three <laughs> times or <laughs> whatever it is. But she, she gets you in this place where you understand the power of our thinking. Okay. And that what we say in our heads manifests in our reality. Yes. And so if you tell yourself you can't do it, you won't. You won't. If yeah. you tell yourself you're miserable, you will be. And I remember hearing all of those quotes, you know, from Gandhi and from, you know, even Henry Ford, right? Whether you think you can or you can't, yes. you're right. And yes. I kind of like didn't get it. And Louise Hay's work was the first time I was like, oh, it combined the right amount of science mm-hmm. with the right amount of like wisdom. Okay. To be like, oh, I get it. Yeah. I will check it out. Yeah. Sure. We, I started in my membership. I started a book club. Oh my God. And it's all like self-development and self-growth. And so I'm, I'm keeping a running list of books to, to yeah. include, to be able to focus on, on. So I will definitely check that one out. Yeah. She's great. Um, I even, I, I own a physical copy, but I'll even go back to the library and check out the audiobook a couple of times okay. a year and just yeah. listen to it as I drive around. Yeah. Cause yeah, you have I'm these moments audiobooks. where you're like, <laughs> oh, like, she's just so real. Um, okay. And somebody that you're like, oh, thanks for the reminder, right? Like- yeah. I think so in my, in my Facebook group, I do a quote every week and like just an inspirational quote. And when you said that name, I think I've used quotes from her, but oh, I sure. just like Google, I'm like, okay, we're doing that confidence. Let me see some quotes. About, and the ones that really like speak to me, I'll quote, Yeah. but um, but the name, I'm sure I've quoted her before because the name sounds familiar. Yeah. And she connects the somatic as well. So it's really interesting when you get into her work, she'll be like, If you have this sort of tension in your body, like in your shoulder, you can go back and see what trapped emotion could be in there. And then she gives you an affirmation that you can use to start to release it. And I was like, no, I can't work. That mind, body, and soul, it's all connected. Yeah. And when you start (laughs) doing it, you're like, I remember reading and being like, why is my back hurt? And I'd like, and it was something about guilt. And I was like, oh. <laughs> totally am dealing with guilt That's right really now. <laughs> She's brilliant. So yeah. Okay. So tell us where can listeners find you online? Yeah. If they want to get in touch with you, where, where do they look? The best place to find me is at my website, which is dramafreeadhd.com. Okay. I will put that in the show notes. Great. And if um, they would like to talk about what's going on in their world, I do have a complimentary call. And during that call, we'll go through and do an essentially an audit on how they're feeling with their awareness, their vision and their tools. And are they in alignment or is there a a gap that we can help expose for them so that they can go do some work? Okay. That is great. So I will put all of your information in the show notes. So listeners that are listening and you want to find out more and you want to work directly with Tara, definitely look her up. This has been an awesome conversation today. I am so thankful to have you here as a guest, as my first guest. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future sometimes. Absolutely. I'm so glad you had me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Moms Without Caves podcast. I'm always up to hearing your ideas for future episodes, so send me a DM and let me know. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be awesome if you'd leave me a positive review wherever you're listening to podcasts these days.
Until next time, take care of you. You are worth it.